Welcome to the Waybox podcast. We'll be chatting to some of the most influential people in the UK health and fitness industry, finding out a little bit more about the people behind the profiles. So whether you're on the treadmill, commuting to work, or simply chilling at home, we hope you enjoy listening. Hello, and welcome back to the Waybox podcast. My name is Tally, and I am joined by Ben. Hello. And we are joined by multiple guests today. But before we get into it, we're going to do something a bit different. We wanted to have a conversation and a discussion that Ben and I feel is not being discussed enough. So as you know, personally, I am a massive advocate for body confidence and acceptance. And I talk about that a lot with women being female. And I'm co-founder of Girl Gains, which I hope you will have heard of, but it's a movement that aims to unite and empower women to feel good in their own skin. And so obviously I'm talking about this a lot. I talk about it on social media. We've discussed it on this podcast when I'm with my clients on YouTube, in the comments, on panels, all sorts. But I want to know who is talking about this for men. Do men discuss body image? Do they even care? Do they feel pressures like I think women do? And do they have the same insecurities that we do? It's not a conversation or a topic that I've heard being massively openly discussed. So that's what we're going to do today, isn't it, Ben? Yes, correct. So Ben, being the man you are, you are going to represent. (laughs) But like I said, we've got three guys joining us as well. They all work in the fitness industry and you may have heard of them because they also have a some would say a rival podcast. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, awkward. <laughs> they are the three dumbbells. Yeah. Welcome, guys. Whoa. Thank we you. We have yes. Matt Carter. You've heard him before on this show. Came on with Chessie. And I definitely recommend going to hear that episode if you haven't already. We have Seb, a.k.a. the No Nonsense PT. And we have Fred. Freddy, Hello. Fred, what do you prefer? Fred's perfect. Fred, <laughs> called Fred Fit. That's the one. Awesome. So... Before we get this discussion fully underway, because I feel like I said, we have a lot to talk about, but I really want to get to know you guys better, because I know you as a three dumbbells, but I'd like to know you all individually, <laughs> and I'm sure everyone listening would too. So, Matt, kick us off. Tell us a little bit about your story and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, of course. So, I'm like the other chaps here, and like yourself, a personal trainer. I got into the industry similar sort of time to the boys as well, sort of four or five years ago now. Mm-hmm. But originally, you know, something we discussed on the previous podcast, I came from sort of a theatrical background. That's something I kind of always wanted to do growing up. And it's interesting, the ties from the theatrical world and the acting world, like some of the best classes and everything I go to, you kind of see, like Seb's girlfriend, for example, she's a dancer and I know everything you, you've had that mm-hmm. in your past as well so it's really interesting how those worlds intertwine and again I'm, I'm a type 1 diabetic so a lot of the clients that I had when I first got into the industry uh, mainly type 1 diabetics yeah going forward from there we sort of bumped into Fred when I started training at unit love at first and sight. love at first sight Seb, <laughs> Seb sent me a message also sort of through Instagram actually love at second sight mm. love at, yeah. <laughs> and that's it, we kind second. of <laughs> he essentially slid into your DM he, he did yeah he did. one of yeah. the better word he 21st century romance <laughs> it, it certainly is yeah that's it and you know what? it was it was interesting we were talking about this yesterday about taking risks and grasping opportunities Fred had a, a discussion with me in the afternoon like oh do you feel like we should maybe get a podcast together and at the time I was kind of like oh, do you know what? I just don't think I've got the right platform to 
to work from just yet. And then a couple of hours later, Seb sent me a message just saying, mate, do you fancy starting a podcast? And it's like the world's kind of just came together at that time. We kind of just jumped straight into it from there. Like a couple of weeks later, we did our first recording and now we're about 44, 43 That's episodes weird, yeah. in. Wow. Um, and it's amazing. Like I said, you know, you've done podcasts and things mm. in the past as well. It's amazing the reach that you can have and it's amazing the the expansion of podcasts at the moment and the production value that has to go into some of them because uh, some of them that we listen to it can really change your mindset and everything for the day so it's yeah yeah like i said it's a pleasure to be here and discuss essentially sort of male body confidence today yeah. it's a big topic mm-hmm. Awesome. Fred, tell us about you and your background. My background. Um, so I, as Matt was saying, similar kind of time, I've been in the industry for about four years or so. Um, what did you do before that? I graduated from Swansea University, um, BSc, Geography. Mm-hmm. Very relevant. Oh, so you've uh, changed. Very relevant to fitness. I had to in career. the BSc. I had to in the BSc, yeah, yeah. 2-1, thank you very much. So I graduated from there and I had, uh, when I literally, when I penned down the end of the exam, I still didn't know what I wanted to do. I was like, right, what is my life going to entail? So I spent a bit of time kind of working out as a lot of people do they graduate they're like oh my god what am I going to do like you go from one extreme where you're you know you're surrounded by all your mates you're having a great time at uni and then suddenly you're back home and you're with mum and dad not oh, that I remember problem, that time not well. that that's a problem, <laughs> yes. but it can be it's I'd literally love my one end of the spectrum, <laughs> one end of the spectrum to the other. And I was very close to uh, joining the Marines, uh, becoming a Marine. My uncle is an ex-Royal Marine, and it was something that kind of stood out. I was, I kind of loved the the graft and the physical side to it. I'd also done some coaching kids sports, kind of eight to twelve year olds, footy, cricket, and rugby. So I was thinking, right. Maybe I don't want to go and lose my life. Being Marine, I didn't like the thought of pulling a trigger as well. Mm. So I was like, right, I want to try and combine that with my love of teaching as well. So personal training came along and I was like, right, this is perfect. And I was saying to you beforehand as well, I didn't want to ever be employed as a PT. I wanted to always go out there and kind of graft away and become a self-employed PT. So I did that, got my qualifications, would have been, yeah, around four, four and a half years ago and jumped straight into the scene and straight into the deep end, really, because when you become a self-employed PT, you have to suddenly start finding clients. So it was hard to start, but I have never looked back. I love it. Absolutely love it. So, and then met as as Matt was saying, met Matt through Unit, which is wicked. Uh, so, do we, you teach at Unit as well? No, I don't. A lot of people think that I don't. I um, just a groupie. I, just a, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> my girlfriend's there, and then Matt used to train there as well. So, he used to go along for a couple of sessions, and we locked eyes across the yeah. across the floor, sweaty <laughs> messes. Time, wasn't it? it was. It really was. I just um, want to add for everyone at home, if you're wondering what Unit is, yeah. it's a fitness studio in London, and they do some pretty cool classes. So, definitely check them out they do they certainly do and then Seb like Matt I, I knew Matt and Matt was like I, I, he'd got this message from Seb saying oh let's start a podcast and I met Seb at it was Pret in Wandsworth yeah. wasn't it Southside yeah, yeah. and that was literally so we'd, we'd met there to discuss starting a podcast and I'd never having never met, met. Them, never, never <laughs> met them yeah and, it was a bullshit um, move and again we locked eyes across the coffee table and it was uh, it was just really we just kind of all just of the eyes, it was yeah, a so lot of that. you guys <laughs> um, met so we're talking this locking of the eyes moment happened 2016 2017 so Matt was uh, last year yeah 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 but it just like how far you've come yeah exactly (laughs) but we're all like we're all different in our own ways but we all just it it just works so yeah it's um, a little boy band exactly exactly. there you go that's my story oh cool and Seb when I look back at it my sort of entry into the fitness industry I suppose actually got into the fitness industry for the wrong reasons because I very much similar to Fred I finished uni had no idea what I really wanted to do thought I'd always had this in my head that 
the thing to do was to leave uni to get like a corporate nine to five mm. job. What did and you study? I, uh, I did sports management. Okay, um, so not too. It's just I just picked yeah. a degree that I had a vague interest in because I was really into my rugby at the time. And then when I left uni, I got my first corporate job, cold calling sales. Did eight weeks of that, and that was probably the lowest I've ever been, and got fired after eight weeks. And then was at a place of quite low self-esteem because I was like, I can't, I was really struggling to get work. Mm. And then I'd always been fairly good at sort of training, or what I thought was, and uh, I had lots of mates that were personal trainers. So for me, back then, I, I really wanted to go traveling a lot. So... I thought, our oh, personal training is such a good job because I enjoy training myself, which is a really big mistake for people considering being mm. PT. And I can choose my own hours. And I had this sort of plan mapped out where I was like, yeah, in six months' time, I have a full client base and I'll travel the world, bish, bash, bosh. Didn't turn out like that at no. all. But thankfully, <laughs> I found my passion within the fitness industry, found a love for coaching and got my first job. I think it was over a year after I got my qualification. Worked in a corporate gym for two years. And after about 18 months, I found that I'd very much sort of hit the ceiling of what I could achieve mm. there. I had a full client base. Things were going well and stuff. And this is where social media can be great because I'd been following Matt for a while and I uh, saw his website and he'd set up his own PT business, had people working for him. And I didn't, thought... Didn't follow me though, did you? Uh, no, no, still don't. Rightly so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I saw Matt set up his own business and I just thought, I, I sort of liked the energy he put out and I thought I could really learn from this guy. So sent him a message. Yeah, we had a coffee and then we started training together. And then with the whole podcast idea, I sort of started listening to podcasts back in 2016 when I was training to run a marathon. And I remember I, I, I just have such a short attention span. I thought, let's, I want to listen to something in these sort of two, three hour training runs that keep my mind mm. occupied. And then I was walking home one day from the gym and that habit sort of stuck with me. And I was listening to this two hour podcast on intermittent fasting and it wasn't that exciting. I wasn't really paying any attention. And in my head, I was like, why can't there just be a nice chilled sort of half hour podcast where people don't have any jargon, people just, you know, to have fun. And then the light bulb moment just sort of came. And I remember I got home straight away. And I think for me, it was great as well, because I am someone who's not naturally good on camera and stuff. Mm. And like social media is a sort of a place where it's a very crowded market. So it's hard to make a name for yourself. And I noticed that no one that I really followed or knew was doing the whole podcast. Mm. So when I approached Matt and then he said, you know, by coincidence that Fred had mentioned it as well, it was sort of like... Meant to be. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh. And then, uh, and I remember that going back to that sort of day at Pret, we all sat and had a chat. That was the first time I'd met Fred and I didn't really know Matt all that well at that point. And we sat and chatted for two hours. Mm. And I, at one point I just said to the boys, like, we could have had a microphone on yeah. and this would have mm. been a great episode. And then for, I think from that coffee, all three of us instantly knew, like, we can definitely make something out of this. And mm. haven't looked back since, so it's been good. Well, yeah, like I said, you're doing very well. Thank you. Ben, I feel like we need to have a little bit of yours because you're part of the panel today. So you need to give us your little brief life history. So unlike everyone here, I'm not a personal trainer and I don't have a theatrical bone in my body. (laughs) I can't dance for shit. (laughs) I can't sing. (laughs) Just generally two left feet. But probably a bit of a parallel in that I did English at uni, BA, 2-1. Thank you. Well done, mate. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, left uni and thought, I've got to get a corporate job. That's what everyone does. So I ended up working for a really big supermarket doing a retail management graduate scheme. Hated it. Literally. It was so miserable. Lost a load of weight. Looked just literally like close to death all the time. And it really, really put me off. 
but what I think that taught me is that I wanted to work for myself. So again, a bit like personal trainers, you know, you have to go out there and find your clients. I picked up a few skills at uni regarding sort of branding, marketing, that sort of thing. So I started a little branding agency, which I had for about three or four years. But I was living in East Yorkshire at the time, which is what brought me together with my business partners, who are all personal trainers, a couple of ex-rugby players and ex-Royal Marine. Um, so guys that are really heavily involved in the health and fitness industry. So I've been really exposed to it over the last sort of six years. They own a gym as well, which they're doing really well with. And eventually launched Waybox a couple of years ago. And obviously there, you kind of really are two, two feet in, in the industry there, having to learn quite a lot, which I guess is uh, what's brought us all here now. <laughs> awesome. So as we said at the beginning of this episode, we are talking about body confidence. So I'm going to try and moderate the panel and I might join in because I can never help myself. <laughs> but I kind of want to put it out there, guys, and I'm going to let the first person speak. But what does body confidence mean to you as a man? Ooh, who's going? I, uh, I'll go. Yeah. Oh, mate. I do. think body confidence means being content with how you look and accepting how you look. Because I think a lot of people misconstrue body confidence for walking around with a six pack with your top off. And that's not mm. necessarily the case. I think a lot of those cases, people who actually, um, not in all cases, obviously, but people who flaunt their bodies the most are the ones looking for most validation at times. Mm. And uh, I've said this story before where I'm quite lucky in the sense that I, I've never properly struggled with body confidence issues. But I don't know if you've seen, but us three are quite involved with the Active Man and do like mm. a lot of their workouts and stuff. And I just like to add, Active Man is a group training situation. They get yeah. a load of guys together. They do some really hardcore sessions, and they're probably some of the fittest guys in in the yeah. industry. Yeah, all coming together. Hundred percent. Give some yeah. context. When you're thrown into that situation, I remember it like it was yesterday. That first workout that I was introduced to everyone and it's Evolve. Wasn't it? Um, it was at yeah. Evolve, yeah, in Fulham. And yeah. I remember like the Active Man boys are quite well known for liking to get their kit off. And as someone who shorts stay on. Shorts off they go. Um, no, but like, uh, and I remember also all the guys got their, you know, the guys got pretty good rigs there. And for the first time, I was like, oh God, I feel a bit, I don't know mm. if I want to get my top off in front of these boys. Like uh, they're all in the same shape. And that was my first experience of having a bit of a body a confidence. confidence. Exactly, yeah. Because mm. uh, at the end of the day, body confidence isn't for everyone. It's not consistent. You're not just constantly confident, if you mm. know what I mean. It's like any type, it was like confidence in general. Mm -hmm. You'll have days where you feel terrible and you have days where you feel good. So Can I just that add, was my... Seb is in great shape. Yeah, I've Thank seen you. Great <laughs> Yeah. Keep the shorts on there, Seb. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Fred, what about you? What, what does body confidence so, mean to you? I suppose I was very different as a kid. So, uh, yeah, my Instagram handle was Fred Fit. I suppose like 10 years ago or so, people would have called me Fred Fat. So I was overweight as a kid. I've always been tall. So I've, I'm 6'3", six, 6'4 six, now. Always been tall. I was always the, the one kind of head and shoulders above everyone else in the school photos and whatnot. But I was a hefty guy. I remember going through a stage, I was something like 8 stone at 8, 9 stone at 9, 10 stone at 10, something like that. And I remember there was a time in the playground at school, we were kicking a ball around and this little kid, a year below me at school, and for someone that age to... Uh, How old is this? This was, I'd have been probably, it was like year 6, so maybe... Okay, like 11, 10, 11? Yeah, something mm -hmm. like that, maybe a little bit younger, um, yeah, about 10. And uh, the ball was kicked away or something, and he was like, oh, Fred, go and get it, you need the exercise, you fat. Da, 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 da. And I was like, whoa, that's, that's bit, a low blow. Yeah, that's a low blow. And also, yeah, for someone in the year below to say that to someone in the year above was quite a lot. So that kind of stuck. And then I suppose ever since then, it made me kind of make a few changes. I went, I probably went from being quite overweight to maybe then going a little bit too far the other end mm. as well. And 
I suppose, like, for me... So you me, became really conscious of your weight throughout your whole team. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. Mm. And then when I went to university, it was far more relaxed and I, I just had far more... Um, I, I was Obviously, I wanted to be in shape and I wanted to be fit and healthy, but it was less about how I looked then because I think it was just I felt more relaxed at university whereas mm. at school it was a little bit people could like take the mick or I went to an all boys school and yeah it was Was it, it boarding school or was it? It was it was like okay. half day half boarding Yeah um, So it's it an intense was, environment Yeah exactly it? and you can get you know these little sly comments that fly around and so on I'm now very I'm very comfortable uh, with the way I am and I confidence as I think Seb put it very very well it's it's you're being comfortable in your own skin but there's a fine line between showing off you being confident, but then also having kind of insecurities on the inside. So mm. I mean, and being confident, being 100% confident is, is actually, I think, quite hard as well. There are times when you, I don't know, you have a really good day, you wake up the right side of bed and you walk out and you hold, you know, shoulders back, chest proud, and you feel great. There are other days when it's not, and it could literally be the other day or, or mm. you know, the day after that. So I think confidence kind of ebbs and flows. So yeah, I think it's a, it's a funny one. And it is, so certainly as a guy, I think, we don't talk about it enough. Yeah, girls are very good at talking about it, whereas guys just aren't. So Even your story of going through boarding school and feeling insecure about comments that other guys are making, mm. as a female, we talk about that all the time. Yeah, like, that's huge in shaping our relationship mm-hmm. with food, fitness, our body. And I think that's really interesting that you've had that experience as well. And mm. I don't know, were you ever vocal about it at the time? Was it something you kind of kept yourself? I definitely kept to myself. Mm. Definitely kept to myself. And then you know, people would begin to see how I was kind of changing um, and maybe choices I was making at, at dinner time or whatever. Yeah, it just it just shaped me. It was who I was. So mm. I don't look back and regret it or whatever. It was just, it's made me into who I am today. But I am now probably in the best place mentally I've ever been. I think certainly, as I mentioned, the kind of the whole active man stuff, it's got such a good mentality there there's egos are left at the door people are there they train with each other there's no like i'm better than you i'm stronger Mm. than you it's not like that it's and that's what i love about it so and that's the way i think the fitness industry should be and i feel it's taken a step in the right direction for sure it's less competitive it's more like together i think that's super super positive so matt for you and body confidence i think a lot of people base their body confidence on if they're literally feeling comfortable in their appearance and how they look, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people look to their partners for validation. Yeah. And often, obviously, you want to feel attractive and desirable uh-huh. to your partner. Mm. Does that influence the way you feel body confident? Or do you feel like um, it has to come from within? And, you it's, know... Yeah, it's a really interesting one, body confidence. For me, um, when I first got into the industry, kind of similar to Seb, I suppose. You know, I did get into it to help other diabetics. But one of the big reasons at the time that I did get into it is because I competed, so I stepped on stage. Um, to do a bodybuilding-style competition. A bodybuilding-style competition, awesome. yeah, that's right. And for me, now, looking back, again, very similar to what Seb said, it's kind of the wrong reasons to get into the industry. And unfortunately, I think the industry is very saturated with these images that we see of hard abs, veins popping, mm. very much the sort of men's health, men's fitness thing. Although I massively appreciate some of the work that they do, it would be nice to see maybe a point that you get somebody on the front of men's health that's talking more about the mental side of, of, totally. of body confidence rather than just the abs. Because mm. do you know what? For 90% of people, they don't really want to see abs. A lot of the clients and the people I work with, it's the kind of the last thing they say, I want my abs to pop and everything. It's, but do you know what? I was very fortunate that I, and I'm very grateful that I went through that learning stage of, mm. of competing. So I, I spent sort of eight weeks getting in the best shape of my life. And I remember turning up at this competition. First thing I did immediately was judge all the other guys there who obviously look incredible. I was about to say, there's this really amazing documentary and 
men or women, please watch it it's called embrace and the lady who makes the documentary she also competes on stage because she thinks if i compete on stage maybe i'll finally feel good about my Mm -hmm. body feel good i'll be confident that's when i'll be most body confident when i'm at this leanest point and she said as soon as she got there every single competitor Mm -hmm. just picked themselves apart said yeah but i'm still not good enough because my my glutes are small or my hamstrings are small or Mm -hmm. you know i'm not lean enough blah 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 and she thought hang on these people and i'm perhaps you're in the same position. Like, mm-hmm. I'm meant to be in the best shape of my life right now yeah. and I've probably never felt more insecure because That's it. I'm just and comparing. I, I immediately start to compare myself to, to other people. And it's really interesting because you get down to that level of body fat, you're kind of like 6 7% body fat, you know, things start to stop working, you know, so things like your reproductive organs and everything. Uh, and when we look at an industry and we think, wait, wait, my reproductive organs have stopped working, but this is what we put on a pedestal. It's mm. like, hang on, something needs to change here. Yeah. But it's, again, it's a lot of these images that people aspire to. So for me, uh, I'm really glad I went through that process of learning that. But for me, body confidence now is so much more about how you hold yourself in a room. Um, And I think I'm really grateful for her her, since, you know, being with Chess the past year as well, the work that she does and and the the sort of community she's built around that. Mm. I just think it's really nice that we really felt it was something strongly that we wanted to address on an episode and we did that but we just think we really there's got to be some males in the industry really talking about it because it's issues like that we do suffer from you know we, we tend to emote less as guys yes. i think it's just naturally in our dna a lot less a lot less, <laughs> a lot less but you know we have our insecurities i have days where i feel my insecurities mm. and things like that as well but i just think it's we're, we're slowly reaching a, uh, a turning point now but i just think more guys need to start talking about it there's nothing wrong with emoting and showing your insecurities i think a lot of the time you you know, you buy into people when they show that vulnerability. Totally. I think today is almost like a chance to start that conversation in a really more mm. open arena and have like men and women talk about it together. I think that's also really powerful. You know, I, I talk about this probably too much, this topic. So it's actually really nice to hear a male perspective. <laughs> Can I just touch on quickly on the, the Matt's point about men's health, like that cover? The people who are on the cover of Men's Health will prepare to get on the cover. Yeah, that's mm. it. And for me, the the title of the magazine, Men's Health, is, again, people reading that will think that's healthy. Yeah. Mm. So it's not, in a way. Like, those guys, nine times out of ten, won't look like that mm-hmm. 95% mm. of the year. And I think that's the problem is people, so many people read into men's health and will be like, oh, yeah, you can get, I don't know, six pack in six days or whatever. And they're missing that point because health is so much more than just an image. So as you say, it's just kind Absolutely. of comes. It, but they it's, constantly put that body image on a pedestal. Yeah, mm. exactly. So maybe men's health magazine needs to be kind of to maybe take a step away from just an image of someone who's in crazy nick mm. and actually uh, looking at it from, from more of a mindset perspective, as Matt was saying. It should be. Men's mental health. Yeah, yeah well, there you, there, for a month, there you go. Yeah, um, there you go. The damning statistic is that the biggest killer of men under 45 is suicide, mm. yeah. which is just scary, isn't yeah, it, really? Well, there is a, like a mental health epidemic at the minute. Yeah. And I think, you know, with the rise of social media and stuff and that, now we are constantly exposed to worlds of comparison. And, you know, you can have a day where you're feeling great and then you look at the wrong person's Instagram, for example, yeah. and then see a person who's in better nick, I say, yeah, inverted yeah. commas, and, that's, that's and then that, you go, why don't I look like that? That's that confidence and aspect there, isn't it? Is, it's a very yeah. fluid, agile state. It is, that exactly. can vary from even hour to hour as opposed yeah. to day to day. And we get it, like we've all said, as, as PTs, there's nothing more rewarding 
then having clients come to us and saying, I feel like I've got a better relationship with my partner, mm -hmm. uh, my boss at work, I'm sleeping better, I've got more energy. And it's not just about whether they have a ripped six pack. Like it, mm. it's so much more than that. So that for us is probably the, the most rewarding thing. And job satisfaction is amazing when you get that. Mm -hmm. So it is 100%. like, it is an all encompassing thing rather than it just purely being based on image. Yeah. I personally think that a massive amount of body confidence comes from self-care. Yeah. So when you're investing in yourself as a person and you feel worthy of feeling good about yourself, so if you're being active and making nutritious choices because they know they're going to make you feel good in terms of your brain working well, the energy you have, that's going to link into body confidence. One of my clients once said to me, Tally, oh, I don't care about losing weight or anything like that. She goes, I just know that when I'm training and I'm lifting weights and I'm looking after myself, that's when I feel most confident and the best about myself. And nothing in her body probably massively physically changes, yeah. but it's the practice of self-care through exercise yeah. and it's the practice so of good nutrition and yeah. things like yeah. that. And it makes you feel good in your own skin. Yeah. We've, yes, we've so said that so many times. Yes, yeah. Yesterday's podcast, we were saying that you know a lot of our clients' body shapes, maybe the past six, eight months, they actually haven't changed. The body composition hasn't changed that much, but the mental side of it has. And mm. for us, that's the most rewarding part of the industry. And I really think that's the part that people really need to start putting on a pedestal. I think that's like the that. most important part yeah. for me personally. Yeah, 100%. I pride mm. myself as a oh, PT yeah. about, you know, because let's say you're about to sign up a new client. And 99 times out of 100, it will be to change the way they look. That's the reason they've decided to sign up to personal training. And yeah, you might you might change that in the first sort of few months, but I love it when that sort of shift goes from, mm. I want to lose five inches off my waist, to I want to get stronger, I want to be more mobile. And then, you know, I, I was chatting to my client, Mel, who's my longest client I've got. And, you know, I've been training her for three years now. And like, I originally trained her and the three months up to her wedding. Mm. And three years later, we were talking about it the other day, and she's like the strongest she's ever been. And it's now, not if she's going to be at BeFit actually this oh, weekend. Wow. And now it's like fitness has just become part of her life. Yeah. And even if it's not training with me, she she trains at the gym four or five times a week, and she's really not that bothered about yeah. aesthetics. And it's it's like the most refreshing thing to hear in the world. I think, hear we, I think there's a massive thing about the, the active man actually as well. Is I think us three have, have changed with regards to that. As when we first met up, we were doing... And we trained together. We did classic kind of like bro splits and so on. Whereas now it's that, like, yeah, still do, yeah, exactly. Um, but now it's far more based around like performance. Mm. So, and your aesthetics is a byproduct of that. So I think when people go in, getting maybe a PT or whatever, they they go in and they're like they're focused on how they look and they look in the mirror after every single session. Have I changed? Have I changed? That can be very can be quite negative. I think it, it sets cause... up for failure. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas if you think, actually, no, I want to maybe just, I want to increase my lifts here and there, or I want to be more mobile, I want to feel better so that when I sit down at work or whatever, I, I, I don't like creak and ache when I get up or mm. it's little things like that that can then small steps in the right direction which actually then as I was saying the aesthetics can be a byproduct of that but you take that focus away from just about how you look and it's actually more about how you feel. Mm. I hope personally that is where personal training is heading because I just see that being such a long-term thing and like you said I've worked with my clients for three years as well and I work in that exact way we just track our weights we just track our sessions yeah. and if there's improvement there's improvement and we celebrate that to the hills because that's the long-term goal I mean like like I said if, if there's a change in their body that's a byproduct yeah but the main thing is making them feel confident within themselves that's through it. training so 
I know we've kind of touched on it, but as men who work in the fitness industry, like you said, there is that men's health ideal that you guys feel like you have to live up to, especially when you started in a corporate gym, Seb. Did you feel pressure to look a certain way? I know as a PT when I started, it was like, and I spoke about this on Instagram recently, um, saying, would you hire a, in quotations marks, fat PT? Mm-hmm. Because it was always, your body is your CV. Would you hire the person who you felt was out of shape, quote unquote? Mm. Um, has that played into how you've kind of conducted yourself as a personal trainer? I suppose so, yeah. I remember like when I first started in the commercial gym, this was only three years ago, so it was really not long. Mm. And even then, I would say going into the fitness industry, I certainly thought the pinnacle of fitness was doing a bodybuilding show. Mm. And I considered it albeit for about three seconds because you know doing like like, yeah i do like my discipline isn't it it is yeah you sacrifice an awful lot to do it i think it's a very selfish sport it is yeah and like do you know what i i want to be careful because i it's not that i'm anti-bodybuilding you know the the guys and girls who do it and have a genuine passion for it and are good at it and like you know fair play to them that's what they love doing but i think that's almost become a bit more of a niche now and Mm. um and it's it's it was commonplace for me as well something about same time as you guys it's common bodybuilding was what you did in the gym no really did anything else that's where the elites were and then whereas now it's certainly like I did a mini cut once for eight weeks and I was in a foul mood my girlfriend was not happy with me Um, and uh, I just thought why did you do your cut because I, I was going on holiday and mm. I thought I needed to get lean. And it was also, I'd only just uh, stumbled across what tracking macros were and yeah. get out the whole calorie deficit. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. I, I tried, so, a, tried a ketogenic diet for two weeks. I think it was just, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, just meat. Getting into ketosis is <laughs> so And why meat. did you try your ketogenic diet? Because I wanted to cut. I th- I, why were you I cutting? Because I thought I was fat. So if, if you're st- starting these cuts and these diets, you got to think why you're doing it. It was miserable. It was and meat, if you feel fish, that, green yeah. veg and nuts. That's it. <laughs> Two weeks. Horrendous. I did it as more of a social experiment as well. Just mm. like to just to see how if mm. it did work. And like now that I knew how the bodybuilders did it, I'd like to think there was that part to it where I was just more intrigued. And do you know what? Like the like, science aspect. Yeah, 100%. And it, it worked. And But I got to eight weeks and... I'd hit my limit. I think I got down to like 12 or 11 and these bodybuilders, they get down to what, like five? Mm. So I was Nuts. like, I don't know how they do this yeah. because it affected everything that I did. Even like the big cha- turning point for me was when I was with my client and I wasn't really paying attention to what they were saying or what they were doing because I was so like, the deficit was really getting mm. to me and I was just, my attention span was everywhere and I was like, I can't get to a point where this affects my work. It took the enjoyment out of training. Like I love my training and uh, like I felt so much weaker and stuff and I was like, this is something that I have a take pride in I'm passionate yeah. about and it's having this much of an effect just like for it's a 5% change in my body mm. and I just you know I was like nah that's that's me out <laughs> the motivation behind wanting to change your body is gonna come and I'm gonna speak in generalization so please speak up to disagree with me if you do mm-hmm. but it comes from an insecurity and it comes from not feeling body confident, doesn't it? Because I think often when people want to change, especially if as, you know, we're all per- personal trainers or relatively in shape people, healthy people, you would say we're all healthy. Yeah. Mm. But being mm. in the world that we're in, we might feel like, oh, we're not good enough to be in a bikini on holiday or we're not good enough mm-hmm. to go and take my top off at an active man event. Yeah. So I have to cut for that event. Do you feel that body confidence is something that only slim people have or fit people have? Or do you think it's something people can have at any size? Because I think we, and I I don't think it's 
it's not pointing at fingers in the room. I did a lot of research on this recently and most magazines covers say, slim and you're happy. Mm-hmm. Lose weight and feel the best you've ever done. Yeah. Um, but like you said, there's a lot of sacrifice that goes mm-hmm. on behind the scenes and you actually are yeah. having a lot of restriction and sacrifice in your life and your relationship with exercise and food might not actually be the best it's ever been. Mm. But if you're a certain size, we're meant to feel confident. I think there's quite a few things that you touched on there. Obviously, social media plays a massive part in that. Yeah, anyone can feel body confident, no doubt about it. Mm. It's just a comfort zone, isn't it? It's when you're happy with yourself. The reasons why people do those cuts and all those things is, like you say, it's an insecurity. It's maybe a bit of outward pressure, either from comments you get when you're at school uh, Mm. or current state of social media and the images that you're absolutely bombarded with. You want to lose a bit of weight because you're going on a holiday and you're worried what people might say and or might think comparison. about your holiday photos. But isn't it all ter- those things. But I just think, isn't it sad that we can't just be ourselves and for fear of other people judging our appearance and judging if we're good enough based on our body fat percentage? Mm. I think I just think that is a sad place that the world is in. Mm. Um, and how can we change that yeah. I think even this conversation today just talking about this in a context of, of men know, sometimes it would be quite that. nice to look at it from another perspective I think it's very easy for us to sit here and say yeah you know we kind of enjoy staying in shape it's our job so it's you know our daily energy expenditure it's going to be pretty high we're mm. constantly on our feet and everything and for people you know a, a lot of the the things the reasons why they can't train or it's because of time and I completely understand that you know if you're a busy mum of three you work a nine to five you've got 20 minutes to train and you're sitting down for most of the day it's really really tricky so I do think sometimes we do take it for granted the position that we're in that we are very very active mm. and we just need to look at it from their perspective but I think one of the big ones that Ben touched on is is the whole comparison thing and I think social media this is where you can have its downfalls I know when I first started getting into the industry I did a lot of comparing on Instagram of other guys how they looked and everything but the thing is there's always going to be somebody out there with better abs than you doesn't you matter what, what position you're in Men are just as guilty of the Photoshop and the doctoring of photos and the lighting than women are. I know we get started on Instagram. We used to use that structure and rank it right up just for the hours. That was a great great tool. I was thinking that. Look back and I look back now and I think, what an idiot! You go from 15% body fat to five. It's amazing. (laughs) Obviously, I was working with the tan quite a bit. I'm quite pale. Saturation. Yeah, that's it. Right up. That's it. The Valencia filters used a lot. Yeah. It's funny you say that. I think context is very, very important. and it's so difficult to give sweeping generalizations well you should do this you should eat that you should train this long per day it is literally very individual for Mm. each person Mm. and the issue there is they've got to wade through thousands of bits of information online to try and find what works for them and they've got to iterate and be agile and spend years sometimes trying to find what works I think I've only now really just found the little bits that work for me as a routine that allow me the freedom to have a few beers a few gins on a weekend chocolate when I want sort of thing but it's taken literally maybe five or six years to tweak all those things it's a journey for everybody and you really learn but like you said I think there's so much misconstrued information out there sometimes when people the beginning their fitness journey sometimes and you go on the internet and you just don't know where to start you're kind of bombarded by it I saw on ITV the other day I mean great you know like PR person but Tyson Fury he was they were asking him what his weight loss was and he was like black coffee and no carbs I was like oh (laughs) I think I think also we live in a world where we are so extreme about everything so I listened to a good Jamie Alderson podcast the other day and he's like the art of moderation is key to everything so Mm. we live in a world where people like to think that they have to cut 
a certain macronutrient out of there or cut completely cut sugar in order to achieve what they want like i spend half my time as a pt saying oh i'm giving up this and i'm like why 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 are you giving that up like if it's something that you really enjoy no matter how like unhealthy it is like if it's a donut that you really enjoy allow yourself just don't have the whole pack is basically and i think i'd what we do as PCs is certainly try and preach that method. And I hate when people demonize food groups, which is a really big thing in the fitness industry at the minute, and saying how carbs, sugar, um, and this, I reckon it's the rise of all these fad diets that you see. It, of the just, irony is it creates that full circle issue of goes back to your mental health. So you're then cutting exactly. out things which you enjoy doing. You're forcing yourself to exactly. not mm-hmm. eat something I, or God, it, do something I you don't the like. I phrase uh, moderation, not deprivation. Me yeah. too. Uh, I think it's like, is so true. And we... We live in a world where everything can be done at the touch of a button. So we could sit here now, we could all go away on holiday this evening, we could book a flight, we could get food delivered to this door, we could it could be done in just like that. Everything's instant. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Whereas our bodies don't go like that, they don't move like that, they don't change like that. So we expect that almost though. So a lot of people who don't know enough about nutrition or training or whatever will will suddenly look to an extreme. They'll go on a sudden diet to try and get there as quickly as possible. Mm. And it teaches people completely the wrong things. And that's what the industry is really guilty for, mate. So going back to things like men's health and everything, you see these, you know, six pack and six weeks and everything. And I really think this this kind of body image stuff has really got to change. I think it's slowly getting to a tipping point now. But we are looking for quick fixes all the time. Mm. And we're looking for longevity and just not something that's a quick fix I think. We're talking about diet culture and we're talking about male body image and we're talking about these people looking for quick fixes, these people going online looking to get ripped for their holiday in Iron Apple, yeah? <laughs> yeah. They they try and look a certain way because they're feeling the comparison of other people. There's, it comes back to they're worried what people are going to think and they're not confident and happy within themselves the way they are because social media makes you think you're not good enough the way you are. Like we said, there's too many people out there putting themselves out. So 10 years ago, perhaps... Would we have had a better body image? Would we would we have felt better about ourselves because there's less to compare to? I think yes, mm-hmm. personally. I think you did have the celebrities and you had men's health and you had all that stuff. But yeah, they were put up there as kind of the poster boys of how to look. But really, we kind of kept ourselves to ourselves and you didn't have to worry about what Sally looked like down the road. Mm-hmm. You just, yeah. you did you. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that we use social media to promote the health messages, the long-term benefits Mm. of nutrition and exercise, rather than what I think the fitness industry does. And I think the fitness industry just buys into diet culture like everyone else Mm because it makes them money. I do think that the fitness industry is 100% guilty with that, and I agree with you. But Mm. what I've noticed is that, and we've said how the fitness industry has changed, even in the last year 18 Mm. months and from maybe it's maybe i'm being a little bit naive just because we've been exposed to active man groups and stuff but i do think it is going back that way like it is much more around like certainly around the professionals that i talk to uh all going in the in their way of longevity of health and moving away from aesthetics which is it's really refreshing to see and that's what's been highlighted by these sort of active man groups and again touching on you know when we talk, talk about training with our clients like all my clients have that sort of goal now there's i think i've got one or two that are solely aesthetics focused so i'm hoping that if the trend continues and through like even like podcasts like this yeah, people totally. listening then hopefully this gives people a nice little refresher to be like maybe i'm focusing on the wrong things maybe i shouldn't want to cup Mm. for a holiday and ask I think what we've said loads of times before is always ask yourself why and it's hard being honest with yourself Mm. because I remember last year I went to a festival in Spain and I remember saying to my girlfriend like I might just do a little mini cut on the really holiday and she was like why 
Mm. Why would you do that? And I was like, it's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be miserable again. You remember those eight yeah, weeks? Remember exactly. what it did? Yeah, yeah. I think it was more for her, like, please don't go down that road again. Like, n- nobody really cares, like, if you have that's abs it. or not. And when you're six feet under, it's not going to send eulogy. Oh, yeah, great abs. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Does it? That's one of my favorite things. Yeah. Like, on your <laughs> on your uh, headstone, will it say, she had a great bum? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, she went, so or she true. had one million followers on Instagram. So you hope you're going to leave more to the world than that. Yeah, it's a big thing for me that's changed over the past year is mobility so it's actually how I move because I like when I uh, you, and you look at you look at people who are purely based uh, their trains purely based around aesthetics. I bet they they're like their mobility is shocking. Mm. Like it's mm. so bad because all they're focused on is how big their muscles are and how ripped they are. Mm. You ask them to I don't know touch their toes, touch their toes or something <laughs> exactly, uh, or reach for something or whatever. Like they they'd struggle mm. and talk about it again. But the active man have like the, the number of people in that that are there's like, so many different like, angles, different people like focusing on different things. Like yesterday we went and did the thing over at Local Motion, which is about just movement and moving the body in a different way and it was so cool to be able to do a session like that and that's what's going to keep you healthy and fit when you're 99 this is exactly it so i you know i want to be able to walk my daughter down the aisle i want to be able to to be fit and healthy when i'm 70 80 years old rather than being ripped for 15 Mm. years and then not being able to move can i tell a little story that they said i'm really fortunate i had some good tutors when i did my personal training course and one of them one of them said now, this is the exercise, or like, when you, we work on mobility because um, you want to wipe your own bum when you're older, don't you? And you're like, yeah, 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 I do. Yeah, when I'm in a nursing home. You know, in fact, I'd rather not be in a nursing home. How about that? I don't want to end someone else like, going down there. I think, I think like, a good message to send to people who are trying to find their way within the fitness industry is that there's so many different avenues of fitness now Mm. and like going back to the sort of what we were talking about earlier certainly i think a lot of people think that in order to get fit and look good you have to spend an hour and a half pumping weights in the gym Mm. and with the rise of things like crossfit gyms like unit things like that movement studio yesterday there's so many different ways you can go about it and Mm. i think the key thing is just finding a way which works for you and so i think like a lot of people get put off because like especially going back to the sort of story you said matt with like the mum of three who's got no time find the thing that works for you and mm. don't be afraid to dabble in different things mm. like we really want to give crossfit a go just because yeah. that's something that's like appealed to us for a while and like just not being scared to try new things and then because yeah. all it takes is going back to that whole thing when you find something that you enjoy and you love then the aesthetics become a byproduct because it's not a chore and that's exactly. the key with fitness. that's what the industry is doing really well at the moment the whole community aspect and you know unit very good yeah. at that and crossfit is what they base their whole ethos on you know mm. you can go to a crossfit gym you can have a, a games athlete on the rower sat next to a mum of three and that's the beauty of it that's that's kind of mm. how fitness should be and it gives you a certain level of accountability something that we speak about on our podcast a lot that's why the active man stuff is doing so well it's because it's bringing a group of people together and would you agree that by having that community Community aspect and that support. I know personally from having a lot of really strong, amazing women around me, it makes me feel more confident about myself and about who I am and what I look Mm -hmm. like. And that is actually okay because I've got a load of girls cheering me on and it's same for you guys an active mm-hmm. man right yeah. one one of the, my favorite favorite quotes by tim ferris is you're the average of the five people you hang around with yes it's so true um, and that's exactly it and we talk a lot about your environment and being mm. brutal with your environment if you're hanging around with people that are bringing you down that are making you feel bad cut them out yeah, yeah you need to get same rid of that can even account for like family members as well if you 100 you know, yeah can sometimes be as close to home as that can't it people putting if you it's down. having a negative effect on you then yeah yeah because yeah. yeah, if you're seeing 
seeing someone, even if it is family, like you say, and then they're completely messing up your headspace and then you've got to go and have an important business meeting, yeah, but yeah. all that's playing on your mind, you know, it can affect all areas of your life. So yeah. that's like one thing that I've really sort of, that's stuck out with me is making sure that you pick your friends wisely and who you choose to spend your time with. So you guys obviously have a ton of banter and I'm appreciating it. <laughs> I enjoy it. Um, it's fun. I say a lot of your banter and just male banter, once again, generalisation, mm. is often based a lot around making fun of each other. Yeah, and often yes. that'll be appearance-based, oh, won't definitely. it? Um, and because we're trying to work on improving male self-esteem and male confidence within themselves and within their body, do you think male banter, like you said, little comments guys make at school, Fred, mm. have a lasting impact? Do you yeah. think even the things you say in jest, like... Yeah, we all know Matt's ginger, but like, does that? But like, does that regularly being highlighted? Does that make you think? Oh, well, that's I'm tough to change. Well, you know, yeah. Matt, I've got all these memories <laughs> coming back <laughs> now. I think I think you're right. I know if I look at my closest group of friends from school, uh, if I sorry think, if I was a bit harsh. That was just the example in front of me. She just needed something. She was like ginger. Yeah, I think uh, if I look at my closest group of friends in school, everything we pick on each other for is very acute, <clears throat> specific, <throat> physical aspects of yeah. each other. And is there anything it's... that anyone's ever picked up on you that you felt uh, made you feel insecure about? So we used to have some very healthy dinners at home when I was younger. I was I was definitely on the chubby side, <laughs> and I was very regularly picked up on that. So that definitely... Uh, sort of live with me for a while mm. and, and it definitely does feature in your head when you're sort of training when you're a bit younger and why you're training and the type of training you're doing all those sorts of things definitely yeah but now I'm a bit like yeah. screw it I don't really give a shit I think I <laughs> yeah. think a big thing uh, with guys is we don't compliment each other enough girls are like renowned yeah. for let's say I don't know you're getting ready for a night out they're always like oh my god you look amazing um, mm. and whereas guys be like you're wearing that shirt or like you look like that or mate you're gonna need to go you know we're leaving soon go and get changed again you know, we're, that's <laughs> just the way dress. guys are whereas like you know you get a compliment from a bloke it's it's quite cool it's like oh yeah he, it really has said, a big impact on your day it isn't it? it's a bit of a, a double-edged sword because I think a big way of how men get on is, is that male camaraderie mm. and I think teasing each other and a little bit like that I think it's That's kind of it's just bond. it's part yeah. of the bond it's yeah. part of what it is but sometimes it's it's knowing how far to push that yeah and I, I think, think there's a very fine line yeah. isn't there and like I I didn't really have it with body confidence but going back to my university days in my third year I lived with five guys all sporty active typical sort of alpha testosterone this is your rugby time as well yeah this is what the rugby days unsurprisingly (laughs) they're all quite intelligent people but i got terrorized for being the really dopey one um and (laughs) i look back at that now and i was all it was all good banter like it didn't actually affect me but it could have well this Mm. is the thing because like i think when i left university all of them did quite well in terms of landing jobs and i really struggled and especially after what I mentioned before when I worked in sales and that job and I got fired after eight weeks. And I remember that Friday I got sacked and I actually met them all for drinks and then that told them. And then obviously they, all the jokes <laughs> like, started oh. going. Yeah. And like, I remember it, it did have an impact on my self-esteem because I remember I went back to my summer job that I did away from university, which was building marquees. And I remember thinking to myself like, oh, I wish I could just get paid a lot of money for doing this because this <laughs> is like what I'm actually good at. And 
So I think. But like, you found your true talent. Yeah, I know. But but the thing is, going back, like I got into it for the wrong reasons. I got in because I thought it was an easy job, and mm. in some aspects it is. It, but you have to work hard to be good at it. Mm. And um, and you have to know a lot more than you think exactly, you have to know. And exactly. it's constantly evolving and changing as mm. well. Exactly, but it goes back to that whole like I think definitely those boys having a bit of banter with me and they're, they're, they're still like my closest friends and stuff I, I don't hold it against them but I think like having that sort of humour definitely mm. did have a knock-on effect so I can see I think a lot of people as well guys specifically will take the mick out themselves as a defence mechanism so yeah. you'll see a guy who is like overweight and aware of it and will constantly make jokes about his own weight because more just to address the situation mm -hmm. and more I think that's that's really common and I've sort of seen that in the past and like use that as a barrier so people they, it was almost like they're they, like I'll make the joke first before you yeah, can make exactly, it to me exactly, and I, yeah. I think there's that type of person I think we've all had that friend before who mm. who you can tell is it comes from a massive place of insecurity 100%. but they feel like if I put the barrier up first I'm going to block you throwing stuff at me. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. it can come from a real place of confidence as well when people own it. So mm. like, I, the example I use, I've got a good friend who uh, who went bald at like 18. Like just literally just all his hair dropped out. And <laughs> of course, that's the first thing people start calling, you know, Friar Tuck. That was literally what people called him for like, you know, still known as the Friar. Boys and, are and, so and he just, mean. You know, the, this poor lad lost all his hair at 18. The first thing we did was call him Friar Tuck. Oh. You know, that is just, so it's awful. But, Kids you know, are savage. But, he, but I think, again, he knew it was coming from a place of love like we were all like because we wanted him to be part of the group yeah. and so he owned it and took it from there um, it's strange how guys are just like that and, and girls because if, go, if you said that to a girl Imagine. I'm telling you now <laughs> it could be the first thing you'd tease her from before you say hello like that's a rubbish t-shirt yeah, yeah. yeah we'll just <laughs> you've even said hello I wore my girl pal t-shirts incidentally today it says femme on it so I know we suggested like some ways of how we can solve this but what what can we do do you think male band I don't think male band is ever going to die is it it's part like you said it's part of your way of bonding with each it other is. but like you said is there a way we can add more compliments in there or be a bit kinder or just be more mindful of like the, the jokes I, I like what you said Matt about just giving people compliments mm -hmm. I think that's probably something you know there's this uh, you okay mate hashtag yeah. thing there's, there needs to be some form of movement yeah, around that definitely. on social media some form of like boost you know mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't have the strap line to hand but just <laughs> why you know, don't we all just give each other yeah, a compliment give, give now your, give your mates a compliment <laughs> come on Matt Give Fred a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put you on the spot now, haven't I? That was the hardest question all day. Very short. See what I mean? There's so much banter that it's all just like you were like, right, I'm ready to get defensive. Yeah. He's going to say something. No, we're yeah. being nice. We're being nice yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. But do you know, I think it comes back to, I think, surrounding yourselves with the right people and being in a community of people where you know it's not going to be offensive. Understood. And I really think there's been a huge tipping point for myself that, you know, even sort of 18 months ago, I was kind of much like a lone wolf in, in the fitness industry. I kind of do my own training, I'd see my clients and then I'd kind of leave it at that. But now I'm part of such a strong community where you go and you learn different things from these guys and they pick you up. And I know if there's if I've got any issues or anything like that, I can give Seb or Fred a call and we can really talk about any issues like that. But Matt it's really important. Yeah, I yeah. do. Like one in the morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> list, list. Didn't answer yeah. last night. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think when you do surround yourself, cool, but yeah. we'll get over it. <laughs> when you do uh, surround yourselves with the right people, it has such a strong impact on you. And I know I can go for to any of these guys for support, but you've got to be willing to take that first step to find that community. Mm. And if there are people that are having a 
pejorative and negative effect on you, don't be afraid to cut them out. We say that on social media. If you're going through your Instagram feed and there's people that make you feel bad, just just unfollow them. Well, obviously, focusing this whole thing around the body confidence, the male confidence issue, but it comes around to the same thing. If there's people making you feel inadequate yeah. physically or mm-hmm. mentally, mm-hmm. unfollow. Cut them loose. Or just get rid of them. Yeah. yeah. And how can we use our platforms to promote this more, to talk about this more? Is this something where it's pass the baton to you guys and say... It's time for think, uh, you open up more online, or is I that think cool? It's difficult, it's, you know. Like, I'll, I'll be brutally honest because, like, I yeah, think, be I think honest. at our age now, we're all like 25, 26, 27. Like, I think as I'm older and a bit wiser, sort of like, I, I sort of am more open to it. But certainly back when I was 21, 22, and anyone said anything along the lines of this to me, I would have rolled my eyes and just mm. completely. So I think it's something that maybe comes with age. But yeah. we found that through our podcast episodes, the times when we've opened up and been most vulnerable is the ones that have got the best feedback. So, mm. And guys and girls, like I think they can use social media to put on a front. It's very easy to portray that you're having a great life and you're happy all the time through social media. But I think the posts that you relate to the most most of the ones that where people are open like we we always talk about Ben Coomer's New Year's episode where he talked about how 2017 was yeah. the worst year of his life and mm-hmm. for me that inspired me so much because I was like god there's a guy who you who owns multiple businesses like a big nutrition education company you think is smashing every part of life and he's had the worst time ever mm-hmm. and so having more things like that is I think really important to making guys and girls feel like it's okay to be low in confidence to not feel great to mm. have insecurities and stuff and they can get better and they can get out of that place exactly definitely guys i feel like this has been an awesome chat today <laughs> and we probably could have go on and on and on but like you said you've recorded way more podcasts than i have um <laughs> and you've got so much resources online where can guys and girls find the three dumbbells podcast on itunes yeah. Yep. yep, it's over on iTunes. Just stick it into iTunes, the three dumbbells will come up. So, yeah. Please and if you just it. want to drop your handles again for everyone to follow you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's at no underscore nonsense underscore PT. And then our three dumbbells one is at the number three dumbbells. Yeah. And I'm Fred underscore fit underscore. All <laughs> um, oh, the underscores. Yeah, today. underscores. Yeah, there's no underscore for me. I'm Matthew L. Carter, and it's Matthew with one T. I was about to say it is one T because one every time T. I look for you, I'm like, yeah. it's got that Welsh spelling. <laughs> Awesome, guys. Thank you so much. Ben, sorry. Sorry, Ben. Where can everyone find you online? You don't want to find no, At Waybox. <laughs> At Way underscore box. I've my personal yeah. brand. <laughs> and hang on. Wait, let's just re- let's backtrack. Didn't you have a branding business? Yeah, yeah I've focused it all on Waybox. Yeah. I don't do anything okay. personal. I'll give you that. I need the guys now. I need, I need some PT sessions. <laughs> some lifestyle therapy. <laughs> Honestly, this has been an absolute pleasure, Massive guys. Thank you, thank you, you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, I'm just hoping you're going to invite me on the three dumbbells podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Um, but, but thank you so much. And let us know what you thought of today's episode. And if you want us to talk about more about male issues again, because I've really enjoyed this, Ben. Likewise. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Hey, everyone. It's Ben from Waybox. Thank you for listening. If you have any feedback, please let us know at Waybox or at Tally Wright. <laughs>